Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bizarre Junkies podcast. I am your host, Austin Alvarez. Just want to say before we get into this episode, uh, we've been seeing a lot of traction uh, for this show, and I just want to say thank you again for everybody who's been sticking around since the OG days before the rebrand, before the rename, uh, to everybody who was there when Christian was alive and was doing this stuff. Uh, I know he'd be very proud of where this channel is now, but uh, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody. Um, we've seen immense growth, and I'm just super happy to have everybody here. Welcome. I hope you enjoy the content that we put out. Uh, you can reach out to us uh, at the email in the show notes and let us know if there's any topics you would like us to talk about. But for today, though, we have, I would say, arguably one of the craziest stories here uh, on this show, let alone in the studio. He has a show here called The Gridability Podcast, but I have Adam Clausen here today. Adam, how are we doing today, man? Oh, we are doing excellent. I am happy to be here. I pre First of all, I appreciate you coming on the show uh, because I showed you a Matt Montague clip and I was like, this is this is how I get make sure people are okay doing the show because they can't handle... Matt Montague clip and like what the bar is now on this show. Like, I, I don't want to put anybody through that. But so you have an insanely crazy story. Um, I don't remember what age. I want to say you were, what, in your 20s when you were initially sentenced? Early 20s, 24 years old. Oh, so just around my age. Uh, you were sentenced to 213 years in prison. That's right. 213. I know that number sounds crazy. And that's years, not yeah. months. Yep. That's insane. And then you were released after 20 and five months? 20 years, five months, 17 days. That's, that's so crazy. I mean, obviously, when you have nothing but time, you got to keep it busy or else you might end up like some of these people oh, we're, we're going we're gonna to get into. So uh, where did you mostly serve your sentence at? I served a uh, better part of a decade, almost a decade, in United States Penitentiary Allenwood, which is in uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. And then I served the second half at FCI McKean, which is also in Pennsylvania, but it's up closer towards Buffalo. A whole lot colder, yeah, but a much better place to be. Better football team. Oh, yeah, better football. Actually, team. I don't know Pennsylvania. You got Pennsylvania. You got you got a lot of uh, you got, Steelers fans. You got you the got Eagles. Eagles, fans. and they just they just blew it in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I guess I can't say that. But so okay. So you definitely uh, you were in for what some people would consider their entire sentence, and that was. A fraction of your initial sentencing, uh, I I believe, um, because I've I've watched your show and I've I've edited some of your show before. You were saying that a lot of your sentencing was due to mandatory sentencing, mandatory minimum sentences. Right. Yeah, that's there was no discretion. And the funny thing is, everyone assumed like when I would tell people how much time I had, they're like, "How many people did you kill?" Yeah, you didn't even hurt one, right? Um, I, I'm going to say no one was seriously injured. I, like I you never kinda, stabbed or shot anybody. I kind of right. put that caveat. One of my co-defendants did graze someone with okay. an ex accidental discharge. Ah, uh, they got um, a good old ND. <laughs> but, you know, my crimes were, and, and I don't really talk too much about those. I haven't previously. Um, just because it's not something that I really like to glorify. Right, of course. But I mean, it was a string of violent armed robberies where, you know, we were kicking down doors and, and tying people up at times. And uh, man, that's, you know, uh, I was at a whole different place in my life. Right. And just living crazy. And, you know, when you're in the mix, when you're surrounded by everything is just nuts, like that becomes normal. Yeah. You see, you see normalcy in chaos. Mm -hmm. You see it like in relationships today. Like, man, I sound like Sartain right now, dude. About uh, to list off, off. <laughs> about to list some statistics, even go though off, people bro. don't like statistics. But I know a lot of uh, I've I dated a, a girl for a vast majority of my teens who was just 
family life was not like her dad used to be like a hitman, and so he was always just like a, just a sketchy person in in general. So it created like a very dynamic for the worse like household, and so she was like always starting problems with me because it's mm-hmm. just all she knew. She just knew chaos. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say we're here today to glorify your crimes at all it's more of it and i think you say this all the time it's like a it's a learning experience obviously it's a you know this the problem i have is um lately uh the last few months i've kind of you know we both we both have little ones and so life is in a much different perspective uh death especially for me death uh struck me very close a few years ago struck george very close as well um, with a close friend of ours and it kind of put everything it just like zoomed out it was almost like uh george you know when in gta 5 you switch characters yeah it zooms out the map and then comes. that's how i felt it just everything was in perspective and now i'm realizing that um the world can be a c- cool you know exciting place but it's very much so a scary place whether you want it to be or not like uh, a big thing i tell people um what makes a really good horror movie is not good things happen or bad things happening to good people. It's just stuff happens to people. Mm. And I feel like y- you can kind of resonate with that because, you know, with, it's with armed robbers, you're probably just, I don't know if you have like a, a method to being like, I'm going to pick this house. It's probably just a, here's a house. I went after all, um, people who are involved in organized crime underground. Uh, okay. So I see the, I see the, yeah. So that, that <laughs> Some some people are gonna be like, oh, it's justified. It's not justified. It's, you know, <laughs> and, and and listen, in my young mind, that's what I often tried to do. I right. attempted to rationalize it. You know, maturity changes things, and obviously, having children, yeah, changes things. And I I think one of those, um, something that struck me was a cellmate that I had. Um, funny story i'll tell you the background on this because <laughs> it's got to be good if you it instantly started with funny story because listen as as someone who didn't have any children thank thank god i didn't have any children because i can't imagine you know i spent over 20 years in prison that child would have grown up i never would have been there you can't have a a, a genuine relationship with a parent while they're in prison you know that that individual on the inside can try and do their best and i watched this firsthand so a little bit of background I get the way that it works in prison is, you know, the races, it's highly segregated. Right. And especially the higher level security you're in, the more segregated it is and, and the more rules that there are right. amongst the population. Yeah, I say not right? just from the 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 officers, the correctional officers, it's from just it's it's, it's just dynamics yeah. of the prison. It's hierarchy. more self-imposed. It's it's the gangs, it's the organizations. I mean, that's just how things run. Right. Now I was very fortunate. Being white and being able to do my own thing and not being clicked up, right? Because I asked you this off the air a few weeks ago. I was like, "Did you?" Because I I've seen a lot of uh, videos of people who were, uh, you know, ex cons who said that you know if you were white, you were automatically with the with the Aryan Brotherhood. Like you were already in there as soon as you came and we told you you're with us. Yeah. If and, not, you're against us. And a lot of times that's how it works. The facility that I showed up to when I was there. You had, there was plenty of white guys from the East Coast where it's a little bit different on the West Coast. It is, you know, ABs kind of tend to run the yard and then there's smaller factions under that. East Coast is a little bit different. It's not that there's more mixing. It's just a little bit more divided. There is no one 
organization running everyone. So that gave me a little bit of space. And because of my time, because of my background, like I walked onto the yard and they already knew who I was, how much time I had. Right. They already ran your paperwork. Yeah. And they're like, man, this kid's crazy. So they gave so you me had little, that going for you. The I, fact had, that you... I had that going for me. Right. <laughs> and so they gave me a little bit of space. And, and over time, I carved out more and more space. But I ultimately I had a cell by myself. I'm at the end of the tier. And, and for me, it was nice. Like it was my sanctuary. That was my space. And the way that it works is like generally if a white guy's got to come out of the hole and there's no space for him, like I'm going to take him in. Right. right. Like he's not going to go in another racist cell. That's kind of the politics of how it works. But until I can then find him another place and move him. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a common decency thing until I can find you your, your place. Yeah. And until we can get you set up with another cell. Right. And that's right. like, there's all sorts of crazy politics and shuffling that goes on, but I get the Italians that come to me. Right. And, at being on the East coast. And this is a little bit different, right? Because the Italians kind of separate themselves as a whole separate faction. And, and I'm friendly pretty much with everyone, right? Right. So one of them comes to me and says, hey, man, we got a guy who's in the hole. You know Fat Vinny. Fat Vinny's been in the hole. You know, they moved him out of one block. They won't take him back down there. And he needs a place to land. And me, I'm like, sure, no problem. Right. They said, well, listen, you know, he can't climb up in the top bunk. He's going to need a bottom bunk. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm okay with this. I know that this is temporary, right? Right. I know that he doesn't want to necessarily be in for me for any length of time. He's going to want his own place. He, too, is doing multiple life sentences. Right. This guy is a known hitman for the Banano crime family. Oh, wonderful. Right, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so his paperwork is, you know, this high. And he and his co-defender are both on the yard together. So notorious. I mean, you know, know a little bit of background on him, but I don't. I purposely, like, don't look into people's background. Right. I'd rather not know. Like, if we're going to have a conversation, you want to share something with me, that's fine. But otherwise, I'm not asking. Right. I mean, I feel like it could, it could bring on some preconceived notions that maybe not even be warranted, right? <laughs> like, if, if you know, if, if I go and George is a D1 athlete, like, I knew him before that. But I didn't know he was a, like super into sports when I first met him. But if I did, I probably would have changed my conversation. Probably would have changed the way I thought about him. Yep, yep. There's definitely preconceived notions, right? Coming right. Into this, so I know that this guy's a hitman with many bodies behind him, and he's about to be my cellmate. So I'm like, okay, you know, I know he likes to cook too. Ah, okay, right? okay, right, Fat right. Vinny, like you can imagine. <laughs> there's gotta be, there's gotta be a correlation there. When when I say fat, I'm not talking about he's not all belly. He's just a very large man. Like as right. a child was picking up engine blocks. Like Yeah, just like just a, a, my dad calls them, you know, Nebraska corn fed boys. They're just oh, like yeah. they're just big individuals. Big. Big head, big arms, like big all the way around. And bald head. So, anyways. This guy comes out of the hole. He comes in. He's like, hey, Mo, you know, blah, blah, blah. As soon as, here's my paperwork. Let me just show you. I'm like, listen, <laughs> listen, I already know everything's good. He's like, no, no, no. I want you to check my, I want you to read my paperwork. I'm going to be living with you. I, I just want to make sure that we're, we're straight. I'm like, okay. So he sets the paperwork. It's sitting on the desk. You know, we get settled. We're in. We're there after lockdown. And, and we start talking. 
And he's telling me, yeah, like, look here, read this. And he's sharing some of the things about his crimes. Like this is what's written in the court documents about them being at the bar where they walk into the bar and his co-defendants behind the bar. And they're like, Hey, how you doing? He's like, good. And they're like, what, what's going on, man? What's, what's wrong with you? He's like, mm, nothing. Can you help me with these suitcases? Uh, okay. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we, we, we got to move some suitcases. And he's got suitcases behind the bar that no one knows for sure who's in these suitcases. Right. But there's definitely people in there because their MO was to take people apart piece right. by piece, dismember them at the joints. Yeah. And they do this in the bathtub. They do it in the bathtub so as not to create too much of a mess. Right. You can wash it down. Yeah, wash it down. I mean, you know, cleanliness, right? Yeah, absolutely. We run a, George, we run a very well-ran machine here, all right? Absolutely. You had, George was already wincing back there. I hope you know. Uh, just a little. Oh, it, it gets better. Oh, yes. So, absolutely. There you go, George. So while this is happening, we're in the cell, and, and my new cellmate is sitting there making sandwiches, telling me, he's like, read on, Mo, read, read on. And it gets to the part where the accusation is that while they're dismembering these bodies, he's in the bathtub with them, my new celly, eating pizza. At the same time, he would stop, you know, take a bite of pizza, put the pizza back down, get back to sawing. I know where this is going. And I mean, that's how you fit them in the suitcases, right? Right. So, and this wasn't a one-time deal. No, I this mean, was probably like business, like, like a Tuesday for this guy. And this is this is what becomes. That's why I say when the, when the madness, the chaos becomes normal, it's like, eh, you know, we got somebody else that uh, that we need to get rid of. So these people keep finding their way to. I, I guess it's like a swampland that there's no way for them to ever exhume this. So who knows how many people are there? See, you said that about like me too. But here, yeah, here we are finding <laughs> barrels with bodies in them. <laughs> Global warming will help us eventually. All right, right. So. So this is my introduction. This is night number one as we're going through this paperwork. And, you know, he wants me to feel more comfortable with him by sharing some of the background of his case and saying, you know, hey, Mo, like I'm here on a bad rap. Like they really don't have anything like this is all hearsay. <laughs> so this is how our relationship starts. And now every night, middle of the night, I'm waking up because He's getting up to make sandwiches. And obviously the first thing on my mind is this guy's up making sandwiches again, just like he was telling me about eating pizza while, you know, chopping people up. So I'm like, hmm, you know, it, it's it's questionable how well you're going to sleep at night, you know, with somebody like now, that. Now, does he, does he, like his, are his gabagool slices very, oh. like, are they precise? Precise. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's the question everybody wants to know: is how good were those slices? Like, it's better than the machine, right? Oh, listen, like the it never nonstop, nonstop food coming out of that cell. Like, so, so you ate well. Oh, I ate very well, and and here was the best part because he and I became pretty close. Right. Um. How uh, uh, how long did he end up staying in the cell with you? couple weeks okay so it wasn't terribly long but it was enough to really and you're in there i don't know i don't know what, how what the days were for you but i know some places like you're only out for an hour and then you're 
No, for well, for me, I was out pretty much all day. First thing, doors pop in the morning at like five. I'm out and I'm I'm gone. I'm on the move. You know, I might stop back through sometime during the day. And he was pretty much there throughout the day, in and out. But my routine was always out and about. And then I'd come back. And, you know, you get into a rhythm where, like, I'm coming back the same time every day. He's like, let me get out the way and you do your thing. And, I mean, we're two pretty big guys. Right. In a very small cell, like it just doesn't. How big was? How big were the cells there? Are are they uniform? Eight by ten. Is it usually eight by ten in most prisons? About eight by all. All the new prisons that they're building now are all pretty much the same architecture. When do we get to like a three by four so that you just get crammed in there and they can put like ten times as many people? Yeah, that's what we're working towards basically. But definitely. So so this guy, he and I get pretty comfortable. He sleeps very well at night. So well. And they had warned me about this. They're like, you know, the one thing, you, you know, you got to be aware of that he snores a little. And I'm like, eh, I sleep sound. Like, I'm not worried about somebody snoring. When I tell you this guy snored, like literally rattled stuff. And then I said, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly. So much so. Was there like a suction? Did you feel the top bunk like kind of come down a little bit? Like, like, it was almost like, this can't possibly be real. <laughs> You're waiting for him to be like, nah, I'm just kidding. A human can't make this kind of noise and do it, like, consistently at length. I'm like, well, this guy has no trouble sleeping. None, right? He's sleeping sound. So eventually, a couple weeks, he moves out. Moves in the cell directly next to me. So I'm in 217. He's in 216. And now we're like at each other's door, you know, back and forth all the time. It's comfortable because now we each have our cells. Right. You have more of it's your space again. Exactly. It's not just, oh, we're sharing this space. Because even if you're nice to each other, it's still like a, like, you know, I, I still live with my parents at the moment. And there's like a just a friction that's there because it's like, you know, I want my own space. They want their own space. It's kind yeah. of like a. You know, it's like a weird transition period, and you're like, uh, I just want it to be over. That's exactly what it is. So having that little bit of space was great, but still, middle of the night, I'd still, I'd, I could hear it through the walls. Like, that's how bad it, it was. was some cinder block, right? Cement? Cinder block, yeah, cinder block. You could still hear it. And in the middle of the night, he would still get up, and I'd hear on the desk. Cutting the gobble ghoul, yeah. yeah. On the desk, chopping up, <laughs> making sandwiches, Mo. Hey, hey, you want one over there? I'm like, oh, Jesus, man, go back to bed. <laughs> but so, yes, I will take one. Uh, pastrami melt, a uh, little light on the mayo this time, okay? <laughs> I don't know what you guys had for condiments there, because I'm pretty sure they limited you, but... Yeah, well, there it was, you know, uh, there was a lot of different things flowing. As, as right. bad as that environment was, there were some things, like food-wise, that... Yeah, there was a lot of food going on back then. It was a whole different era. However, what was most shocking about, you know, I build this relationship with him and holidays come around. Um, and over time, I'm hearing more and more about his daughter. You know, he's sharing stories about, you know, his daughter growing up and him, you know, trying to be there for her and wanting to do things. Hey, man, she's turning 16. I need to I need to get her a car. So I'm going to go down here. I'm going to I'm going to bust the poker game. I'm gonna I'm gonna just break the game so that I can get the money. I is need. this in prison or is he this out? is in prison? Oh, okay. I'm assuming he's still he's still in. All right. I'm, well, I'm shout not... out shout out to you when you get your radio player, your little because you know I've seen what they have the little translucent yes. ones you can see all the and and bizarre junkies eventually makes it onto the radio. <laughs> that's that's the goal, right? Yeah. This, this should be nationwide. So he uh, 
you know, Christmas Eve, man, he's he's a mess. Yeah. He's in tears, like just broken down. He's like, man, Mo, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I can't, I'm, you know, my daughter's not responding to me. And I know I should be there. And da -da. just to know the history, you know, what this, what this guy has done, to, to know that side. And to have seen, I've seen flashes of that, too, in different situations right. that, that transpired. But to then also see this side, the father with the, with the daughter. Yeah, the it, dichotomy of, wow. of, of humanity from literally dismembering people, putting them in suitcases, to I wish my daughter would respond to me. I wish I could be with my daughter. Right. It's, it's almost like a, it's like a weird flip of life. It's like, and you know, Matt Montague said it too. It's like a weird thing where if you see death all day, it's kind of like I need to step back and make be aware of like life around me. Mm -hmm. Because you know, as that that man probably knows just as well as anybody how quickly it can just be taken away. Definitely, and so that stuck with me because that that was pretty early on, um, and it it always struck me. I said, "Man, like, what do I want to be as a father?" Right. So it planted those seeds early on because I always believed that at some point, like somebody's going to realize I got this crazy sentence. And I'm gonna get another chance. Somebody's gonna give me a shot. And then, and when I do become a father, like how do I want you know to show up for my son or daughter, right? Uh, and to make sure that I'm never in that situation where you know I'm I'm trying to have you know that relationship from a distance. So yeah, that planted the seeds early on. Um, having him as a celly was tough, um, but it wasn't the 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 first. Uh, Sully that I had to deal with in a situation like that uh, because it wasn't long thereafter where I got another request. Uh, guy comes to me that I'm friends with, head of the warrior nation for the natives. Okay. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of different tribes. They all come yep. together under one nation. And, and this individual comes to me and says, or sends a message. And he's like, hey, I need you to do me a favor. I got a guy that's coming out. He needs to place a land just very briefly. He's only going to be there a minute. And I'm like, all right, I got gotcha. you. You just became known as the person who would. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't normally take people. That's why these are significant because of the fact that it wasn't a normal occurrence. Yeah. I spent a lot of time single cell. I, I was grateful for that. Again, I had my little sacred space. So anybody coming like kind of knew they were very respectful of that. And I, and I was grateful for that because um, I approached everything. Just just to be clear, like I am very calm. I am a very peaceful individual now. Yeah. I, and we all say this. We're like it, it, and we tell people you're going to meet Adam and you're not going to think this man was sentenced to 213 years for violent crimes. Yeah. Well, I, I had to go above and beyond to, to be hyper aggressive. Right. And a lot of the things that I did, like sports, you talk mm -hmm. about prison rules, basketball. Listen, man, I have the meanest stiff arm. See, I know that's, see that's we, uh, we had a, when, because uh, George and I had, had PE together eighth grade year. This is before we did sports together. But I remember those basketball games were like, you know, yeah. you could just like shove the dude out of bounds and then take the ball and be like, it's my ball, bitch. The thing is, though, that's in right. like prison, and Adam, I've always wondered this, like, how good are some of the players? Because I would imagine, I mean, you weren't too bad yourself. 
But like, do you did you have some people in there? You're like, God damn. Oh yeah. The NBA really the is NBA missing out. missed out, right? <laughs> no, yeah, with without a doubt, there were there were a number of individuals who, man, I wish I could remember Q's name at the moment. Played professional sports, you know, at some level, and you know, this was where I was was a level six maximum security prison, right? Like, it's high profile individuals, you know, all the spies, all the the top uh, mafia people. So is the only place to go from there, the only worst place is Guantanamo? Is that like the only the only yeah. place that can get actually worse? Guantanamo or uh ADX. Because Guantanamo is the like the the federal prison, right? That's like where we keep like terrorists and stuff like Pe- of that nature, people right? People that we don't want to acknowledge that we actually have. Yeah, they send them to Guantanamo. Damn. Imagine yeah. being that bad that they're like, we don't even want people to know that we captured you. Yeah. Did you ever know there was a transfer to Guantanamo? Like Obviously, you wouldn't know they went there, but you, you know it's a high-profile person. You're like, they don't just disappear, bro. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. We, did anybody just go off the map? You're like, oh, oh yeah. Guantanamo. No, there were there were plenty of high-profile people. There's people who would come through. Um, like we would have word, like, man, there's there's somebody back in the hole right now that like they're not even saying. It, there's no name. There's no Ooh. identifying facts about this person it's just like there's an unknown person back there and you know it's like somebody that oj somebody that they're trying to hide yeah right i i think it's Damn. we had a show that used to be in this room uh george knows him uh our boy danny alvarez uh because oj was kept and i just drove by that prison uh on saturday i went to Perump and back so yep. i did drive by it and i know oj was kept there and this guy, like Danny, drove to the prison. And was like, can I, can I see OJ? Did, you, did I ever tell you this, George? He said this on the show, yeah. like on the air. He just, I didn't know you could do that. No, you can't. They you turned can, him away. They said, no. That. What the fuck? No. <laughs> he was like, oh, I can't see the juice. I can't see the man. I was a legitimate. I thought. I mean, shit. Had me. I mean, you'd have to prove. Yeah, like you'd have to be like, I'm pretty. I mean, you would know better than any of us. Like, there's probably like a form. Is there a form you have to fill out oh, for yeah, visitation? Yeah. yeah, there's a whole process. They, they like strip search you and they you get haircut vetted. You get yeah, strip search. You got to agree to all that. Letters of recommendation. <laughs> Sometimes, but not from you. <laughs> but not from you. And I'm like a great person that's gonna come and visit me. <laughs> he's a great guy. He never did anything wrong. And they look him up and he's like eight murders. And they're like, why don't this guy just come to the prison to meet you? What do you? What? Oh, oh, believe me, there there were some some people that they let on visiting lists, and I'm like, I don't know how the hell they they swung that one, man. But um, <laughs> <laughs> gotta have friends in high places, right? Um, yeah, you'd be amazed the things that can happen, and and like, yeah, under the table type type deals. So I gotta ask because you know they tried to get uh, Mike Tyson to fight. Was there was there like a fight little circuit going on? Any of the places you were at? Like a, like a fight circuit. Yeah, um, like a fight club almost kind of thing. Maybe like a UFC, but it's PFC Prison Fighting Championship. Oh, there there were a couple. Uh, I know there's people just fighting because obviously, like we were all about to just beat each other up in <laughs> Studio B an hour ago. True. But, you know, I didn't know if they're like, because I know some of them are like the guards are the ones that are like, I got, hey, George, I got 20 bucks on on. On Adam, I got forty bucks on Clausen. Yeah, yeah, I got forty on Clausen. Round, he's gonna take him out, dude. Knockout. Was there any of that? <laughs> um, not as much. Generally, what happens be, being in an environment like that, 
like there's no middle ground. There's generally not fist fights, right? It's like, yeah, it's usually, you got a problem? Like, go get your knife. I'll meet you down on the handball court. And you go get your knife and, you know, that's that's how it gets But settled. then you bring three other people with knives and that's how you always win. Well, that's that's generally, it's it's yeah. very rarely one-on-one. Yep. There's, there's groups. I've seen 90 days or 60 days in or whatever the show was on. So uh, the cellmate that I was telling you about. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, you just reminded me because that's how it went down. It's There's always a group and you generally are not going to see it coming. So... I agree to take this guy in. I know that it's short term and, and I do it because, you know, I'm friendly with this guy. So he comes in and, and very humble, very quiet. Um, he's there maybe two, three days, like hardly ever see him except like when we lock in. Right. Yeah. We don't, don't, we don't even talk much like honestly. And so he comes in and he starts packing his stuff up. Like we're lock, locking in for the night. I said, what's up? He goes, you might not want to go to breakfast in the morning. Jesus, okay. <laughs> I said, uh, oh, okay. Um, and as he's packing up, he starts telling me, he goes, man, you know, I have I have a young son at home. He goes, I, I was hoping to, you know, get to him someday, but, man, I just keep getting pulled back into this. He was like, but, you know, this is what I signed up for. He was like, this is this is it. This is my life. This guy had, I think, seven years left. Like, that, listen, seven years is a long time. It is, but in comparison to you, two hundred and thirteen, exactly. it's much more manageable. I would, I would assume. I've never been to prison. That's point one fear. I never want to go to prison. George, remind me to pay my taxes. <laughs> even though, even especially though, this year. I mean, our our late friend that we were talking about, his dad just came out of prison last year because Christian was on the phone with him. But I think he was at like a level one. He was at or what you guys call camp. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was for yeah, like tax stuff. Very, very different. Um, yeah, you get different deep. prison than this. Oh yeah, yeah. You're you're max. You're yeah. You're in there. You're locked in. So the two of us are locked in here at night. He starts packing up and he's taken. Since he's native, he's got this little special native box. He said, "Please make sure that this gets packed up carefully." I said, "I got you. Don't worry about it." So why was he? Was it because he was going to get like he was anticipating getting killed or? No, he had gotten the orders that he needed. He and a couple others were going to move on. Um, some of the guys that had within their own group, within their own organization, who had done something—I don't even—I have no right, idea. Right, but it was a, what it was. It was. A, I'm telling you, you have to take care of this. So he knew. Okay, I got to take care. It's of not, Yeah, it's not even a question. Like you get the word, and it's like when, when it's just a matter of when. Yeah, when you're one of the soldiers, like when that's your role, and that's what he was. It's like okay, point go. You're a missile. Like they fire you off, and you go. So he and. I believe there was two others. I think there was three of them total went and it was two groups of three, I think three each that each had someone that they were going after that morning. So, and they had this mapped out and okay, (laughs) this is the maximum security prison, right? There's cameras literally everywhere. When you go through the hallway, going to, to the mess hall, to the dining hall, like from the block that we're on, it's like half a mile. It's long. And they call them crash gates. There are these gates like every 20 yards. So when something does jump off. They can block it off. Man, right? <laughs> they just lock them all. Right. They go, if you're stuck in there, you're stuck in there until we get this situated. Yeah. You're stuck in there. And keep in mind, they got to clear the gates starting from one end to the other. 
by the time anybody gets there, you're dead. <laughs> you're dead, right? There, there's no hope for you. So these guys take off and, and on the way to breakfast, they catch this guy and they catch him right at a corner, right where... Oh, like right where one hallway meets another? Kinda? Well, it's, it's all one hallway, but you get to the end and it turns and it's okay. almost, it's 90 degrees because this is a large picture, a rectangle prison, right? right? And they catch him right at this corner. Now, the other guy was on the unit. So that team got that guy in his cell. He never got out the cell, never got a chance. So nobody heard it. Nobody saw it except the people that were right there, maybe in the cells around it. But this guy is in the hallway with unit after unit coming through here. Uh, what is a unit? Is that like the, the officer? Or? There's about 120 guys on a unit. Now, not everybody oh, goes okay. out to breakfast. Okay, so, but, so your unit is the people... Because you're saying unit after unit, so is this like... So they release one unit, 120 guys. Oh, okay, okay. So it's like... It, 120. It, you know, because you know, our school system is much like prison. We had pods. <laughs> we had, okay. we had you pods. Could, you could say pods. Yeah, yeah. Because so, yeah, right? I know, I think in 60 days in, in, in counties, they call it pods. So yeah, so... Yep. Okay, so you're talking... Groups of uh, up to 120 people are going by at a time. Yeah, it's never never that many are going to breakfast, but... It, it's still a decent amount of people. Decent amount of people are going, and they catch them. They're in like one of the... They're about midway of everyone going to breakfast. Now, you go to breakfast, you're going to sit down, you're going to eat, and there's going to be a rotation out, right? Well, they catch them on the way there. Oh, man. And <laughs> it's... They say it was, you know, like the bloodlust that gets into them, and these guys just did not stop. And they nearly decapitated him and continued long after he was dead to kick him around the hallway, to drag him and bang him off the walls long after he was dead. Now, and this that, wasn't your celly that was this happened to, was it? It didn't happen to. My celly was one of the... One of the people one of doing the soccer players. Got, <laughs> yeah, one of, one of the soccer players. George. He, he got, he got sent on that damn, mission. That's fucking gross. So here's the crazy oh. thing, right? All of these people, like when something pops off like that, you're like, just keep it moving. You keep moving down the hallway to where you're going. You're like, damn, that sucks. Yeah. Right? And you're watching a guy bleed out, and you're like, you don't get involved, especially when it's all in the same group. Like, right, and it's if it's like a if it's like a race war kind of thing, and you're on one side as a soldier, you're like, oh, I got to get involved. But exactly, but if it's a we're handling our own situation here, you just mind your business, man. Mind, yeah, I, I feel like that's like the everybody I've seen that's gone to prison. Like my uncle hasn't gone to prison, but he's done a, a big time at county. I was going to bring that up here in a little bit, but uh, yeah, all of them always say, just mind your business. Just, just mind your business. It's it's, it's, it it's easier said than done, easy, right? But it's it's a it's a like you don't snitch one because yeah. obviously, but two, it's just like you know, and and you can attest. Probably the hardest thing to do is just keep your head down and just. Well, part of you too, like if if you have any sense of humanity, like man, you're gonna feel some kind of like right, yeah. I I've watched guys like bleeding out, and I'm like. Oh, and and you could see the look in their eye. They're like, "Man, just help, please." Yeah, anything, just. And and you can't, you know what right. I mean? Like that's your life on the line, and that's a hard position to be in to just you know keep walking. Well, in this case, everybody, you know, like I told you, half made it there already, 
And generally, like you're waiting, you're like, man, the gates are going to snap. So people are like, you see it, you're like, let me get past this so I can get there. At least I'll get locked in the dining hall and I can get to eat. I'll at least get my breakfast. I'll be stuck there for a couple hours while they clear this. Right. But you don't want to be like, uh, oh, I'm stuck halfway. You know, I'm in the middle of the hallway now and I'm just stuck here for two hours before. Well, you definitely don't want to be stuck between those gates, right? Like, right. Everybody's trying to get through there. So they speed up a little bit and it's a mess. Like. There's blood. Like a human body is gonna it, Yeah. Long a- long before you die, like there is a lot of blood that is gonna be shed and it's gonna be messy. So everybody's walking through this. And now oh, there's it's tracking. There's tracks. Oh no. Getting further and further down the hall. Right. Mind you, this whole place is camera. Like who the hell is not paying attention? Because those gates never popped. They never shut. Everyone made it to breakfast and back no oh my god okay okay so that's like how long is it does it take for uh, somebody to rotate out for we're breakfast? talking like an hour we're talking about ne- ne- nearly an hour that this is going on and then finally finally like boop you, you hear it you hear the deuces get hit yep. and then they go and it's like oh my god now like, like at this rate now? might as well just left it like yeah this this guy's been dead he's been dead a long time um and it's just it's a mess and so here i am sitting in my cell we're locked down now obviously and did you would you believe that they never even they came to pick up his stuff but they never even asked like never even asked me a single question no because they don't care well that's it's still highly like there's still like a protocol of procedure like you ask like hey man was it was your cellmate acting strange in any way? Like, <laughs> right? Did you did you know anything? Like, but you, now going back to what you started the show off with, the COs are so used to chaos. They're just they're used to it, and they're the other, probably talking about, hey, the bills are playing tonight. Let me get back. Let's get this cleaned up. I got to go talk to George about this parlay I opened up on the way here. Yep, and they know that you know, I, because of my background, they know that I'm clearly not saying anything. I'm, right, I'm there with a life sentence because I wouldn't cooperate. So they don't even ask me. Now, here's another little known fact. There's a blood cleanup guy. There's a guy yeah. who, through medical, yeah. gets all kinds George. of extra shots. In Maybe me. sterile pros from Matt Montague, who was on the show, who I showed you a clip of. That's that's that guy. Like, he should start an apprenticeship program with them. <laughs> well, there is what's called Amdicon. That's who okay. he, he, he trained through. Uh, but he he does all the, like, like uh, Southern California stuff. Mm. I know he initially was called in for the October one shooting here. Mm. Um, so yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, I, so I definitely know. Yeah. You have to be cleared. You have to be, yeah. You have to certify to do that because it is hazardous material. Yeah. So they, that's when, you know, they're like, they're starting to clean things up. They call for that guy. It's like, Hey, go get your gear. Like you got to clean it up. Oh, and so he was a, a prisoner that did oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, as a businessman, it makes sense. Mm. What is What are they making? 47 cents an hour? You got to pay Matt Montague. Like, uh, let's be real here, George. What is, what is like a Matt Montague job? It's probably a couple hundred thousand. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, these guys were getting like an extra 20 bucks per cleanup. So. But in prison. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. 20 bucks. That's like that's like one bet, right? That's like a one game of dominoes. One one bet, yeah. One 
a, a book back then was five dollars. A book meaning twenty stamps. Right, and so stamps was, was commissary often, yeah, and currency, currency. Yeah. So, yeah, generally, generally a book, and that leads to another funny story. <laughs> books. Yeah. Right, because books being currency, um, that's generally how people buy anything and everything, including drugs. There is a thriving drug trade in prison. It's probably more thriving than out in the open world. I would say like I did, I did admittedly more drugs in prison was introduced to more drugs in prison than I had ever done. Well, I mean, let's be real. What else are you going to do? It's part of the problem, right? it, It can very much become that sort of existence. And when that happens, Man, things get really, really crazy. So, uh, along the lines of those drugs, um, I, I had another celly. <laughs> I like where this is going. It's it's always the cellies. It's the it's never Adam. Adam's not the problem. It's the cellies that are the problem, right? I I no this this was this was an area where it almost cost me everything. Wow. I made it. I made a serious misjudgment. Um, to where. This guy was getting high on K2, whatever you call this stuff now that that they're smoking, which is basically just chemicals. It's chemicals which create a, a hallucinatory, a like, like you're spice, having spice, right? Yeah, spice. spice. You're having these crazy hallucinations, and while you're whacked out, like a lot of times, like you're just you, you'll fall out, you get stuck frozen someplace right like temporary paralysis yeah like it's crazy like just in the middle of the terrace guy'd be stuck and they'd be like come on man we gotta they'd literally pick him up and drag him in a cell so i get this celly who i he's a younger guy and this is further along where like i'm really working on trying to get out and right I, you have the, the you kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel at this point oh, i'm 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 close at this point i got 6 17 years in 18 years in. oh Probably yeah you're real close 18 yeah this is i'm i'm all the way like um i've got everything to lose right and i end up having to take this guy like they come in and they're like listen we're doubling up i know you guys haven't had cellies but we're doubling up you're taking somebody on i'm like oh man I'm like, you know what? I'll deal with whoever. I, like, I'm easy going. I'm, yeah, and you're like, this is just, let's just grind it out. We can. Let's do it. I'm, I'm flexible. I can be easy. And man, this guy comes in and he was just, he was a, he was such a mess. Um, So he's up all night, high. And I'm like, he, he's keeping me up. And I'm like, man, after five, six, seven days of this, like, I'm. I'm about spent. Yeah, your patience is gone. And at the same time, we had a, a water outage where oh, no. there's no water in the facility. Right. So they have to bring these outhouses onto the compound, like Porta Johns. They got them out front of the units, the middle of winter. It's freezing. It's just crazy. It's chaos. Like you walk outside and you come back in the unit and you're like, oh my God, it smells like death because guys are, you know, defecating in the showers because they don't want to go outside. Like, it's crazy. It's third world country at this point, right? Right. And this guy's still getting high. He's still getting high, and I'm, like, ready to snap. And I go to breakfast the one morning. They let us let us go over to the dining hall, and I tell my buddy, I'm like, that's it. I can't take it. This guy's – I got to get him out. I'm telling him he's got to go. And I'm sleep-deprived. I go in there, and I kind of snapped on him. And I snapped on him to a point where he felt like 
he had to respond like literally oh like like he couldn't let it slide he was pushed into a corner like he's on the top bunk up in a corner and i'm just i'm like barking at him and i'm which is not me right but point, anybody right? would be drawn to madness on 5 to 7 yeah. days of no sleep and i'm like and at this point he's like now this kid's already been in a number of fights knocked quite a few people out you know what i mean he's working over in the kitchen He's a dope fiend, but he's tough. He's a kid that yeah. grew up playing hockey. I mean, he's he's from the streets. And, you know, he's up there, and I watched the switch flip. Oh. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, I got to deal with this kid. And I'm like, in my mind, you know, I'm always, I've always been that hyper-aggressive person prior to this when I didn't have everything to lose. So it was always like, man, hit first, hit hard. Like, right, but now you're like, I have to be calculated with this. I was like, oh, my God, I can't. I can't jeopardize everything for this. There was immediate regret. Immediate uh, regret for the way that I approached this situation when I saw that flip. And I'm like, how do I contain it? How do I contain it? And honestly, I underestimated it. I thought I could manhandle him to a degree, you know. Um, and, man, he got out on me. And it was a couple shots. That I'm like, damn, I know that he's done a little bit of damage. Like, if I don't wrap him up quick, like, I'm in trouble. Like, I'm going to have to respond. Right. I'm at that point where I've, I've taken enough, like, I, I can't take anymore. And I finally do get him wrapped up. And I haven't, haven't thrown a single blow at this point, right? And I'm like, man, it's all right. It's cool. Like, I finally get him to tap. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're good, and I let him go, and I step back, and I look at the mirror, and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And in that instant, and I hadn't felt this in many, many years, like, I, I felt my own switch flip, and I'm like, and it was only for a second. It was like a flicker. Right. And I was like, I can't. I can't. And I step back, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I went straight into just like get it done mode. I got to clean up. There's blood on the floor. My lip is split to where it looks like I've got a cleft palate. Right. Like that's how bad it is. It's bad. And my nose, the bridge of my nose, like just a little piece. had. It didn't break my nose, but it was a piece that chipped off. The reason I know this is because after the fact, I still have the piece down in my face. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Yep. So... Catching it where it did, you can imagine what happened to my eyes after the fact. It blacked both my eyes, my lips spliced. I got to create. And at the time I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be deformed, right? Like this is so bad. I've got tape, medical tape. Thank God that I was able to get a little bit of this where I have to tape my lip shut and close this wound up. And you got people telling you like, man, just pack it with coffee grinds. I'm like, are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? I'm not trying to scar myself. Like, let me see what I can do to fix this. And I mean, you can see where it is, but it's only when I point it out at this right, point. Right, yeah. Right? But there's blood all over the floor. I'm grabbing stuff, towels, wipe it down, get it cleaned up. And this kid's like, he's still like coming down. And I'm like, man, clean it up. <laughs> get this shit cleaned up otherwise we're both out of here you know what i mean like they're right. gonna come around and i'm like i can't have this 
And as much as I had, because this was a hard one to swallow, my pride, my ego, I had to set it aside. And I would not be here. Right. So ultimately, it was obviously it was well worth swallowing your pride on that one because you're sitting right here right now. It was it was obviously worth it, but it was the hardest, hardest one that I ever had to take. Like, listen, everybody's been in a fight and, and listen, I don't care. I've heard people say that they've never lost a fight. You're full of shit. Right. <laughs> like if you haven't come out on the losing side or or have some scars to show from it, like then I don't know what you were doing. But <laughs> that's but, gonna be George here in a couple months when we, when we face off. Oh my god, <laughs> relax. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like, you can't be like, I've never lost, I have 110 wins in, in the streets. Yeah. You probably have 200 losses then. Yeah, so it, it, it was a tough situation. Um, obviously, man, it was a wake up check for me too. Like, I really had to. You know, I had to acknowledge my role in that. Like, I was the one that went in there and I went at him hard. And I'm like, oof. It, it was hard to eat that because I definitely wanted some kit back. Yeah, I was going to say, no. like, you said it swapped. Like, you were uh, about to go primal on this guy. You were about, like, and, like, you know, you don't have to answer this fully. But, like, there are some people where you're like, I don't think you have it in you to kill somebody. But in that, like, instance, like, you said you, you, you snapped for a second. Like, you're probably like, I could absolutely just... I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I have that in me. Um, right. But I definitely had. You know, for for most of my life, that switch was when it flipped. It it was hard to turn off. Right. Um. But in that moment, there was also a lesson for me. Like, okay, that's not there anymore. Like, it really is gone. That died with the old me. Right. It's not there. That glimmer was just, that's it, and it's gone. Now, the hardest part about that whole scenario was everybody's telling this kid, you better not sleep because we're still in the cell together. Right. So everybody's getting in his head thinking you're going to retaliate. You better not sleep. He's going to kill you. He's going to kill you in your sleep. So here's a guy. Who already wasn't letting you get any sleep. Who already wasn't letting me get any sleep who's strung out, who's now continuing to get high, who is like, I, the energy in that room, oh my God. You want to talk about like high anxiety, stress, man. Neither one of us slept. And at this point, I'm telling him, listen, dude, I just need to get through this. Let's get through this day by day. The further we can get away from this, the less likely there's going to be any repercussions. I was like, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Like, just be cool. Yeah, you're like, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to do it. Like, let's just, what happened, happened. Let's leave it where it happened. Yeah. But at this point, like, we made it like six days, almost a week. And this is like every count. You know what I mean? Like, I got my back to the door. Like, it's there's a standing count every day. But I got to lay low. Like, I just. Yeah, I was about to say, how did, how did you lay low from COs going like, you're just going to be like, I fell. And they're going to be like, yeah, we've heard that one before. Yeah, yeah. So ultimately when they come, they send, you know, internal investigation to come see me. They're like, man, we we heard something happen. Somebody told. Yeah, of course. Mean? Word gets out. And obviously, like, I'm I'm not a low-profile guy. So, you know, there's plenty of people who, who are watching. And there's people who, you know, want to see, uh, you know, I, I, I rubbed a lot of staff the wrong way as well. Right. So when this does get back, they come to see me and 
I had relationships with everybody, with staff, with administrators as well, because of the role that I had in that facility. I was like, I was, you know, high profile and, and everything that I was doing positive stuff drew even more attention, even, right. even more so than the people that were doing the negative stuff, which is crazy, but that's a whole different right. story. They're like, what do you mean you're trying to reform yourself in prison? You're supposed to, you yeah. know, del d dwell deeper into the into the madness what do you mean you're trying to fix yourself it did like there was so much resentment right right and because people were just uh, well i'm assuming a lot of the inmates were jealous at like oh he's getting his life together yet here i am probably on just a entire string of just not good decisions in their life yeah yeah there was a lot of that but there was also like i was very open i helped a lot of people and everybody knew that they could pretty much come to me and if there was something that i could do for them i would do that so i had that going for me so when they came and they're like, what happened, man? Like, we got some kites. Like, we heard there was a situation. Right, right. Clearly, we can see. You're like, what do you mean? Altercation? You look like Rocky at the end of every fight. What do you mean? You heard something? <laughs> I didn't get fucked up. That's exactly what I look like. <laughs> it was bad, man. And I'm like, I fell off the bunk. And he's like, is that what you're going with? I was like, you know it. And he's like, okay, I respect that. He goes, listen. <laughs> respect. Game respects game. He's like, I respect that. We got to take you back here for investigation. And that's ultimately what they did. They put me back in the hole for a couple of weeks under investigation. Right. Didn't take my cellmate. I was like, nah, man, he had nothing to do with this. So he stayed. They put me back there. And basically just, you know, I had time to heal up and, and get it together and, you know, get inside my head and kind of, you know, just like, let it go, man. Let now, it go. Now, did you see this guy again after getting out of the hole? Oh, yeah. Were, were both not, of you? Not like for a long time, because what happened is shortly after I got out, he ended up, he went and uh, he, he pulled a move, man. He pulled a move that was like... <laughs> Said some guy owed him money, so he went out front of the commissary, like in front of everybody, <laughs> and jumped on this guy, right? Which so he just made another poor decision and just ended up where he ended up. I I, I think that was probably, and this is going to sound crazy, probably the best decision that he could have made at that time, be right? Because it got him out of there. Like it was time for him to go. He needed to get to a different yard. He was like, man, I've burned every bridge on this. Right. Compound. It's time for a fresh start with this guy. Yeah. And here's how I'm going to get it. Let me go beat this dude down. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we. That's how we change shows here. When we're tired of producing a show, we go beat up another engineer so they come take that show. It's like you got this show now. That's yeah. hilarious. What was it like? Who owes me three fifty? You owe me three fifty. That's punch. probably. It's probably. I know you got yeah. at least six stamps for me, motherfucker. So okay, so like when you see him again, are you are you both kind of like, oh, all right, we're detached from the situation? Uh, kind of. I mean, he was still like wary, still apprehensive, right? You know, like man, like when is this dude like coming for me? Because in prison, that's what it is. It's oh, it's never. Uh, let me turn the cheek and be the better person. It's always just. It generally it's, does yeah, not, it's, it's does generally, not happen that way. I'm going to kill George in his sleep. And listen, I had people come to me and be like, listen, you want me to take care of him? And I'm like, Damn. no. You're like, I just no. want this to go away and not by him going away. Yes. I just want the situation to go away. I was like, let me be very clear. No, no, no. Like you do that. It's coming straight back to me. Yeah. And honestly, at that point too, I was, I was already like, Listen, man, I don't, this dude's life is just trash. Like, I don't want to see anything worse come to him. 
Like I right. genuinely, I would like to see him get his shit together. Now, um, two years in, Adam Clausen, different story. Oh, totally different story, man. <laughs> you would have <laughs> beat the brakes off that dude. Yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't have had your shower shoes on. You'd have had your your boots on. Because you know everybody's always saying, "Don't wear your shower shoes if you're gonna fight." Don't worry. Listen, you don't wear your shower shoes while the doors are open. Period. <laughs> Damn. Like just a, always got to be on heightened alert. Just yeah, man. I couldn't like, like I couldn't imagine that. Like um, so going going to my story about uh county um mm-hmm. I, I don't know how how long have you been in in vegas for like a year now i think a Co- couple years so have you, have you ever been to pahrump you know of pahrump i know of pahrump okay. i have never officially been there no nothing worth going for i'm just gonna tell you that now uh that girl I, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode lived there and then my grandmother moved there five six years ago um and my uncle who um Really kind of just never took control of his life and just made a bunch of bad decisions. Uh, followed them. I actually just saw him on Saturday. He's doing great now. Um, but he went to... He was with a girl, and they're still disputing this, but um, he was with a girl for years, like ever since I was little. And she would like make up false accusations, mm. like like domestic violence. But she would hit him. And I mean, you probably know better than... You know, and I, I, at least from what I've heard from friends who are cops and seen on the internet, if there's a domestic violence call, somebody has to go. They have to bring somebody in. Yeah. So he would just keep getting, he, oh, yeah, I hit her because he cared about her. And so he would get pulled in. And so eventually it ended up with, uh, he would, and he would always get DUIs. There was a, a time where he ran the truck into a tree, surprisingly lived, mm-hmm. uh, like basically unscathed tore the truck up the truck's still in the front yard of my grandmother's house with the whole front end just caved in kept kept that truck as a memento yeah he yeah. was it, well now it's his smoking spot <laughs> okay. so because my you know my uncle smokes cigarettes and my grandparents don't so that he said like i pull <laughs> i pull up into the driveway and it's perump so i was gonna say you're not selling me on perump right now and there's nothing to be sold on i'm All not right. trying to sell you on perump uh so they uh, he went to county though for you know a bunch of charges added up and they're like all right you got to go to county for six. I actually went and visited him in county and it was which which county uh, in Perm they have their own okay. little thing and uh, he ended up being like the pod boss or whatever because okay. and like he told me straight and this he's not an active guy like he had a really bad car accident and had back surgeries like when I was a kid and like he's never like if you hit him in the back once it's done like mm. he's he's not getting up from that but apparently nobody else knows that. And he was telling me how he, like, fucked up some people in the pod. And then he basically did what everybody says they're going to do when they go to prison. I'm going to fuck everybody up, and I'm going to be the meanest guy there. Well, he legit did it. Uh, and then he, I was I was actually telling my dad last night, you were going to be on the show. Because I've, I've told him your story, because it's just so fascinating. And he's like, you got to bring up the Snickers story. And I was like, what? And I forgot, but my, my uncle told us that if you leave your cell and you come back, and there's a Snickers on your pillow, don't take it. Because that means you're open to that dude's relationship with you. And so I didn't know if it was going to get a reaction out of you. Because I, I, obviously it's, it's you know, a lot of uh, sexual assault and a lot of, you know, just plain old sex happening in prison. Same sex. A lot uh, of sex happening in prison? Not, not, not uh, man, woman. A lot of, uh, <laughs> maybe more so the sexual assault route. But I did. I, I, you know, I. My dad wanted me to bring that up because he just. He was like, "It's such a wild story." That like, your don't. Dad wanted you to bring up prison sex. Yes. <laughs> okay. If you met my dad and you got to know, what, you'd be like, "What are you? 
George George knows my dad. He's a he's a little bit of a weird guy, but he's like he's like, he's like it's a funny it's a funny story. Bring it. Tell me about tossing salads. Yeah, t- <laughs> tell me go and tell me about that time that man grabbed you down there. All right, but I mean, obviously, you know, nobody wants to go in there and be like, oh yeah, let me just get into you know. No, no. Uh, well, no. Okay, I'm not saying not everybody. Okay, maybe rephrase it because there definitely are people that go in there and they're would, like, would you like another story to demonstrate? Abs- oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> Okay. So listen, there are plenty of prison relationships. Right. Maybe that's the word I meant to say. Relationships. Obviously, there's a lot of that. And I'm going to say that they are relationships like... Marriage. Like guys falling in love, like crazy. Some of them want to keep it under covers, but there are people that are openly homosexual in right. prison and entertain those relationships. There's not a whole lot of sexual assault like that. I didn't see a lot of that over the years. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but to a minimal, minimal degree, the majority of those were were guys that were, for whatever reason, man, lonely. Maybe they were already homosexual before they came to prison, whatever. But they end up shacked up together. Right. You know what I mean? Like husband and husband. And yeah. like everybody knows they're like, hey, man, don't mess it. Like those two are together. Except when there's someone like sneaking around, like on the down low. So buddy of mine comes and he's a member of one of the Aryan gangs, like higher up, very, very well-respected guy. And this is a big no-no because they're very, at least from what I've gathered, they're very against homosexuality. he, He was not in the relationship. Okay. But I say this to make a point because there are rules. Like when certain things happen, like... It dictates an immediate response. So I was there this day. He and I were sitting in the chow hall, and and there's, again, it's broken up by race and and areas. And we're sitting there, and this guy comes through the line that just came in off the bus, and he's looking, and I see him looking at my partner who's next to me. Now, I'm not in his gang. I'm not affiliated with him, but he's on the unit with me, and we're tight. Like, if anything goes down, this dude's going to be right there for him. Right, yeah. And, and I'm looking, and I see that the way that this guy is looking at him as he's coming around the table. So I stand up. I'm like, yo, what's up? What are you doing over here? Because you can't just, like, walk into a section. Right. And Unless you know somebody there, and they're like, no, no, it's cool. It's okay. They're going to precede you and bring you into that place. Like, you don't just walk in. Right. You have to be invited in. Yes. And, and it's, it's literally like walking into somebody's house. You're just walking to somebody's house. Perfect example. Yep. Right. You're not just going to walk in. So this guy's, like, making his way over, and I see the hesitation, but he's looking at him. And this dude, my partner, hops up, and they call him Cracker. Okay. Pops up. And he was collegiate wrestler. I mean, he's a little badass and pops up and was like, what's up, man? And he looks at, he's like, yo, it's, it's me. Like, you don't recognize me? And he's looking at him and he's like, it's major. And he's like, oh, he's like, wait outside. I'll see you in a minute. <laughs> okay. Dude turns, whoop, goes out. And I look at him, I go, what's up with that? He's like, you're going to get a kick out of this one. Not another word is said, right? We finish eating. We go about our business. We walk out. He's at the door waiting for us, like pacing back and forth. And he's like, can, can I talk to you? He's like, come on, let's walk and talk. So we take off and he's like looking at me. He's like, whatever you got to say, you can say in front of him. He's like, he's going to know it anyways. And he, <laughs> I'm going to tell him after lockdown anyways. So. And he's like, oh, man. He's like, well, 
you know, like, hey, this is a new yard. Like, I'm trying to get a fresh start. Like, I, you know, I really want to be able to leave everything behind. And he looks at me, smiles. My partner looks yeah. at me and smiles. And then he looks back. He's like, listen, man, I ain't going to put your business out there. You know, what you were doing back in the hole with that punk, like, we're going to leave that back at, you know, the last place that we were at. He's like, I'm not going to be the one to say it, but if anyone comes to me and asks me, you know, about any of that stuff, he's like, I'm also not going to hide it. You understand that, right? Like, yeah, I'm not going to keep your secret for you, but I'm also not going to spill it on my own accord. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to put your, put your business out there, but you know, rest assured, you got a fresh start for as long as you can keep it that way. He's like, all right, all right, man, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything you need? Can I get you anything from the store? Is there anything you want? And he's like, yeah, I'll send you over a list later. <laughs> and, Matt, and Matt, like, I just, I know you're a finished store, but I think it's so funny. It's like, can I get you anything? Thinking it's like, yeah, I'll take like, you know, like a ramen or something. Like, no, no, no. I need groceries. Yeah. George. Go it's like when George like goes, hey, like we'll, we'll do this on like Wednesdays. He'll go to like the gas station and he'll be like, you want like a like a, a monster or something? And I, I just go, yeah, actually, get me a milk, bread, creamer, ramen. Give me toilet paper. Give me some scratchers too, George. Yeah. So okay, so he's he he asks he goes, I'll give you a list later. He says, man, I'll give you a list later. He's like, beat it. So kind of dismisses him. Dude leaves. And he looks at me, and man, he starts laughing. He's like, yeah. He goes, you know, we were back in the hole at whatever the last pen is. And here's the thing. Like, when I first came into the system, the federal prison system was still relatively small. They were bringing all these new USPs, penitentiaries online. But guys would bounce. Like, you'd get into a wreck at one place, like you and your whole car, and you'd all get shipped to the next place. And it was like kind of this merry-go-round so everybody, even though the system topped out at 220,000, when you're at that level, pretty much everyone knows each other, like reputation at least. Um, so it's, it's, it's a small circle. You can't run from your past. You do some dirt someplace, it's going to follow you. You're going to have to deal with it. So here's this guy who ended up in the hole under questionable means and my partner who had been back there for quite a while, like they were riding him hard. They eventually, you know, they make you like, like a pod boss mm-hmm. where one person gets out to, you know, you get to do the trays or just mop up the hallway. You get an extra tray, something small, but you get to a little bit of movement up and down the hall. You know, he's been back there like a year, happy to get out. Yeah, I'll mop the hall. I'll do whatever you need. Yeah, it's better than just sitting there with my thoughts all day. Yeah. So as, as this hall runner, you know, he's got like razors and, and other things that, that are coming out. And they'd be on the door. They'd be like, hey, Cracker, come here. And this guy, Major, was in there shacked up with this well-known punk who belonged to this other group. Okay. Right? Like this, like almost like property. Right. So this was like on the down low. And conceivably what this guy did was catch a charge so that he could go back there and secretly shack up. Ah, with this punk. So he's telling me stories about, you know, he'd come to the door and and the punk would be at the door like, I need a razor. Like, (laughs) like hiding his face. Like, I don't want you to see me with a beard. Right. (laughs) But this is not not, very of me to have facial hair. Can you please give me? (laughs) This is not like some real effeminate man. This is like, 
This is a man is with like George. a full grown beard, this is right? George. Yeah. Literally, they can't see him, but George has a full fledged beard right now. It's somebody like George, like, yeah. I haven't shaved. It's like, yeah, you've never shaved. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. So he's telling me, he's giving me the whole background. He's like, man, they were back there shacked up for however long. And, you know, at that point, they find out about it, this group. So this guy can't come back on the yard. He's got to go. So they put him in for a transfer, and hence, he ends up on this yard. But he has cleaned himself back up. He's gone back to the high-end tight. He is now major again. You know, he's got a military background. Right. Plenty of military prisoners, right? Yeah, absolutely. So he's now major, and that's how he's presenting himself again. Um, well, th that doesn't last too long. Before it does, it catches up to him. People find out and they start closing doors like you can't sit here. And then it's like, don't even come to the chow hall. Like you can't come to the dining hall to eat. It's one thing after another. Now this guy's getting, he's getting in his feelings and he starts talking smack about my partner. About Cracker. Yeah, about Cracker. So what happens is I get a guy, I guess he's down in the chapel because a lot of times that's what happens you know, guys that have no place else to go fall to religion. And I hate to say it, but a lot of times that's what happens in prison. People try and find sanctuary. The gumps tend to find themselves in the mop closet down there. It's just a thing. It's a thing. I think, I think George was telling me this last week after your show. Yeah, but... Like, the, if anybody's down at the chapel, they're not there to... Uh, usually, they might not be there to be... Uh, <laughs> To be learning the good word. A lot of questionable things happening down there in the chapel. And, and yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> okay, yeah. so. Always knock before you open the mop closet door because you never know who's going to be in there. So, <laughs> so, anyways, this guy's going down there um, because that's the only place he can go at this point. And uh, he starts making some comments about my buddy Cracker. So, another guy that, like I said, I'm friends with a lot of different people. Um, and what I do, I'm the fitness guru. I teach classes. So I got people coming into my classes. So I interact with a lot of different people and groups. This guy comes to my door, knock, knock, knock. And it's a black guy. And he opens the door. I said, what's up? He says, man, he goes, I got to tell you something. He goes, I feel obligated. He goes, I, I know that's your guy. Now, if I were to step out the door and look down the range, this top tier that we're on, I'm in 217 in the corner, as I told you, about three quarters of the way down, sitting in a chair, feet up on the rail, watching the TVs across the way, is my buddy Cracker and his celly. So I know that he's sitting right there because they're out there holding point, watching the TV, holding it down. And this guy is in my door and I said, come on in. So he comes in. I said, what's up? So to rewind a little, you know that he's okay because of the fact that he would have had to have gone through Cracker to get to you. Is, uh, is that kind of like what you were, you were. Well, generally like people are going to notice, like he just came to my door and yeah. knocked and people are going to look and they're going to be like, Hmm, I wonder why dudes over at his, cause it's not a normal occurrence. Right now. If Cracker was there, they'd be like, Oh, it's just a it's Cracker. Every, yeah. It's in an everyday out, thing. In and out. Right. So he comes in, I said, well, you know, what's up? What's, what's the situation? He goes, man, listen, I was down the, down the chapel. There's a guy down there. And I know Cracker's your guy. That's why I feel obligated. I got to tell you. And he's talking real bad about him, saying he's no good. He was at a, a facility with him before. I'm like, now, 
what has just happened in that sentence, you've told me this guy is no good, this guy has said this about him, you've just sealed someone's fate. Right, yeah. Like, man, like even right now sitting here, the gravity of that, how it hits me. Um, what a what a shitty position to be in because I then had to convey that. What happened is I said, you're probably talking about Sarge, right? Like I knew right in that instance, I'm like, this idiot's down there running his mouth. And he was like, you knew? How did you, how did you know? Yeah, like, well, I just met Major not that long ago. I was like, oh my God. I was like, that dude just made the worst mistake of his life. Because you just set things in motion that cannot be stopped now. Again, those rules that have to be followed by certain gangs, by certain organizations, like this is what happened. And now I have a responsibility to pass that on. Now, here's the catch. Like, for the first time in years, my partner Cracker is doing good. He's over there in prison industries. Like, he's off the yard. He's making some money. It's the longest he's been out of the hole, out of trouble. Right, and you're like, and it, I'm pretty sure you see this all the time, though, where, like, your your other Sally who ended up playing soccer yep. in the hallway uh, said, like, yeah, man, I wanted to get out, but it just keeps pulling me back in. And this is probably a prime example of that, right? Prime example, man. It's one of those situations where, like, you live in that environment. There are rules that you have to adhere by. Just, just like me, when I got that information, I have to tell him. So I tell him it's just it's a common courtesy and respect thing, right? It's like a it's no, like no, it's it's an obligation. Like if if I don't, right, like that comes back on me, right. So at this point, I'm like, I was like, I appreciate what you told me. I said I am going to have to call you back in here. You're going to have to relay that to him. He's like, oh man, I don't want to get in the middle. I'm like. I'm I'm sorry, bro, but like you the, you know how just as well as I do, this is how it works. We have to. You do don't this. have a choice at this point. He's like, oh man. I said, please, you know, step out. I'm gonna call you back over in a little bit. So he steps out. He goes back over. I step out of my cell and I just look down the tier and he looks at me. I'm like, and I just saw like his whole body language change. Like right, oh. because it's it, like literally nonverbals. Like whatever I communicated in my face was like. He picked up on it immediately. He Instantly. already knew. Oh, okay. All right. This is didn't okay. know what it was, but, but he like, knew it's something. It's it's obviously got to be something serious if you're telling him. Yeah, I was like, come down. So he comes down, closes the door, sets his you know his stuff down. He's like, what's up, bro? I'm like, man, here's what just happened. I was like, Sarge is down there talking, and he's like, what do you say? Like the yeah switch is already flipped. It's like okay, he's already committed. He's like, all right, just tell me how bad it, it is. It's done. What did he say? Who said it? I need him back in here. Like, there's a protocol. It's got to be kangaroo you know, court. Yep, it's vouched. <laughs> yep. Like this goes to like his group. They all of them are like on this same time. They're all over there. They're all doing good. Like these guys are all straight gangsters too, right? Right. So, and they're like, man, it's so nice to be able to take a break from all the prison politics and BS to a large part. Like, don't get, you know, it's still stuff that they have to deal with, but it's like, it's not constant chaos. They're like, man, we can breathe for a second. And here I am. I'm, I'm the one that's got to break the news. This has got to happen. So I call the other guy back in. He relays it. He goes, you know, you know you're going to have to relay this to so-and-so. We're going to talk about it. And, and like, you know, it's it's going to happen. Like you already know what's going to now, you know, obviously. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, the guy who told you is not the target of, no, of 
crackers people now major if he lives to tell the tale may have a problem now no if he finds out that that's the guy who yeah well yeah that's not gonna happen no because it's, he's gonna be so worried about where did his eye go well <laughs> out of his socket at, at this point what what happens is this guy conveys the information and they tell him listen don't say a word don't say a word we appreciate you conveying that thank you it's good it's gone they've already saying okay this is credible here's what happens like and and Cracker says, "Listen, I'm I'm taking care of this myself. He can't technically go by himself because of those rules. They send multiples, right? But he doesn't want. They're there just to basically keep everybody else out of it, right? And to keep watch for and COs. To keep watch. So it's it takes maybe two days, which is a long time to let something like this sit." Yeah, that's two whole sleep cycles where you're just sitting there like. And yeah, every, like those of us that know is like, man, when's it going to happen? So he's kind of stalking them, trying to get them in a place that's that's good where, you know, you got a, a tower on the yard. They'll shoot down onto the yard and like yeah. they'll break it up quick. He doesn't want it broken up quick. He's going to make an example out of. Yeah, him. I mean, yeah, if you're if you're saying, hey, man, I'm not going to put you in a scenario where. You know, I'm not going to, if somebody asks me, yeah, I'll, I'll have to, you know, I'm not going to hide it, but I'm not going to go around spreading your business to now you're saying I'm no good. Yeah. So um, he ends up catching him when his unit goes over to the commissary. Now, the commissary works this way. You come through metal detectors and everything, and, and they bring you into a room and they lock you in this room. And then there's two like doors that open up and you go in there and, and there's an officer who, you know, sends you your stuff down the chute and you hold it. And then when they call the next move, if you've got your stuff, they'll open the door. You can slide out. Everybody who still needs the shop is going to stay. And it, and it works like it's controlled movement, right? You're locked in. It's not a big room. So when you make that first move over, there's a lot of people in there. So Cracker and, and a couple of his guys slide in on the end of this move just as the cop locks the door. Oh, no. <laughs> so they're in there, and they know he's in there. And this this guy don't even see it coming. He's gone over, and he's, he sat down on the floor on the other side of the room because there's only a couple benches along the wall. Most people are standing. A couple people sit down along back against the wall, and he just slips through this crowd. Guy never sees it coming. And just stomps him out mercilessly, right? Leaves him bloody beaten all over the floor. Now they're locked in there, right? Can't go anywhere. The officer that's working on that side in that booth doesn't see a thing. Oh, no. Doesn't see okay. a thing because it can be loud. It can be chaotic. Yeah, you got a lot of people in that room. And they're all trying to just, they're there. It's Costco literally in by what, like a 10-foot oh, room? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Costco <laughs> in a 10-foot room. It's nuts, right? So... You know, all these people, like, there are people who are, like, mortified. Like, oh, my God. Like, ease up, man. Like, you're, you're killing them. And at this point, you know, he's like, man, I'm all in. Like, you've just, you know, jerked off my time and everything that I had worked for. Like, I'm going to make you pay for it. Um, stomps this guy out. And obviously, it gets quiet in there. That's when you know, like. Things are serious because it gets quiet generally right before and then it stays quiet. Well, this guy's out bleeding all over the floor. Like people are like trying to like move it. Like, don't get that shit on me. Yeah. And he goes back over 
And he's tired out at this point. But he wakes him up, tries to wake him up, get him conscious again. So he's not really coherent, but he's awake and then stomps him out again. And at that point, um, you know, they kind of ease back and there's a group of them, you know, in there and nobody, nobody else is going to intervene in this. They know, you know, it's the same race. It's everybody understands the rules, the rules. Right. So they all back off. Now people are still trying to get their store and they're like, damn, I hope they call my number and let me get in here. I'm I'm sorry that's so fucked like like I know Danny Trejo had a story about like playing dominoes and like the guy next to him's getting killed and he's like I had I had a a run of fives god damn it (laughs) but like just yeah that'd be my fat ass so I'd be like hey yeah he's that I'm gonna need them hot Cheetos Uh, no 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 get the ones in the back okay George you got those ones got it (laughs) meanwhile George has no idea that somebody and that's yeah number 42 please that's god damn it 42 I've called you number 13 times Where's this guy at? Is he sleeping? Yeah, put it, put it back, put it back. He's not coming. So he stomps him out twice, two to- two separate twice. times. Because obviously a stomp is like we're gonna quantify out what a stomp is. It's like fifteen I, hits. I, there's not just boot prints, but indentations through his skull. Like we're talking serious, like long term consequences here. Right. Um. And eventually they come and they pop the door on the next movement. And again, still, no one, this hasn't registered, right? So at this point, everybody that's got stuff is like, let me get the hell out of here. Right, because you don't want nothing to do with it. Nope. You're not involved. You didn't, you're not going to intervene. You're not going to say, speak up. You're just going to business as usual. Cop pops the door opens and he's not paying too much attention and they come out. But at this point, when it like starts to empty out. Somehow, like somebody says something, who knows what happens. But eventually, like I'm watching from the end of the unit just outside my cell, the the window that looks out onto the yard. I can see I've heard the movement called. I'm like, damn, they didn't hit the deuces. Like, I know that they're in there. I saw them make the move over. And the whole time I'm wondering, like, you're you're like, they didn't have a coming to heart conversation in there. Like, this is getting done. How is this? Like, how have they not hit? Because when the deuces hit, Mm -hmm. they come running. You know, the the sort team comes. They're all suited and geared. And everybody clears out, get down on the ground, all that, like, lock in. So, you know, eventually everybody's coming out. And then all of a sudden you hear it. You know, it, it kicks off. And he never made it back to the unit. And unfortunately, that was the last time I saw him in person. Cracker, or yeah, yep. Last yeah, time I'm I saw assuming him in person. it comes with a hefty addition of sentencing. Addition uh, of sentencing? No, no, no. He was not charged outside of the prison, but he, that major was life flighted out of there. Wow. You know, they bring the chopper yeah. and, and life flight him. Uh, and that was, uh, I'm not going to say it was a common occurrence, but it, it happened often It's more common enough. than the daily life of George and I here. We're not <laughs> going to see that very often. But, yeah. uh, wow, that's, uh, what a, <laughs> I know we got to wrap up here, and that's, what a way to wrap up than yeah. hearing something harrowing like that. But, I mean, like, going back to what I said earlier, like, just stuff happens to people. It's it you know Disney movies are like oh it's the bad guy he's causing problems we're gonna do this. no somebody could walk into this studio right now and shoot everybody in here mm. I wouldn't say any of us in this room are overtly bad people we're not villainous people it's just that's just the way life is and I feel like prison personifies that and just puts it in like an echo chamber it amplifies yeah. everything yeah and and again 
to, to kind of summarize, like you see both extremes. Right. To see such deprivation, to know that it exists, like to, to have people that have, you know, multiple homicides, you know, probably too many to even keep track of. And then to also see the other side of, man, just that wanting to be free of that life, of those associations, like just to get a fresh start. Like I live with that, you know, daily. Um, that's what gives me that sense of gratitude. Like I was one of the few that made it. Right. Like, from uh, arguably insurmountable odds too. Yes. Like you literally had like, because, you know, people are always saying, I had the mountain here. You can climb up a mountain. You had a brick wall. It was just a straight up of a block for you. 40-foot walls. Right. You know, rows of razor wire. I was never supposed to be here. And I uh, made it through those environments. Somehow navigated those minefields because there was plenty more where, man, I could have lost it all. Yeah, many, very. It sounds like you over. gave us four stories. One of them, including you, where you could have. But the other ones, it just seems so easy just to get... You know, and I don't know the politics of, you know, of and not politics inside of prisons, but the politics of why we have prisons. But a lot of the times from information that I've gathered and from what other people have said that have been institutionalized, it seems like that's almost what they want. It's just like no way of becoming better unless you really absolutely make it your daily drive and goal to become better. It just seems like it's just a... Uh, it's like a funnel down. There's no funnel up. Funnel down is exactly it. Prisons are designed to bring out the worst in people. Right. Regardless of what we say as a society that we want to rehabilitate people. That was like 50 years ago, yeah. all right? <laughs> Those environments are not conducive to that. No. Wow. That was uh, that was insane of a of just a whole, and I, I know you probably have many more, um, but I just want to say one thank you for being comfortable enough to coming on here and share this because, like I said, you know, I said this before. I've said it multiple times because, you know, like Matt kind of plays around, you know, with the stuff he talks about. But you, you're a very serious, composed person, and I don't want to make you uncomfortable by making you talk about this stuff. So the fact that you were so willing to come on, like, because your wife told me, because your wife was on a show that I produce. And she was like, oh, you want to talk about true crime? You got literally true crime in the next room. And you're there with your your son. And I was like, right now, am I going to go in there and just be like, hey, you see your kid right there? You want to talk about the worst stuff? She she knows. Like, she's one of the only people who knows the stories. Because as I said, I've never shared most most of these stories. Right. You know, we've, we've put a lot on video, recorded a lot, but never any of this. Yeah. And, and man... She's been exposed to way too much as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, arguably so. But so, Adam, on a on a better note, go ahead and tell everybody watching right now where they can find you and all of your projects going on these days. Uh, number one is gridability, right? The power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain the life of your dreams. It's my wife and I talking about, you know, all of the challenges that we overcame to be here today, to have this opportunity to, to share some of these stories. Uh, that's what we're focused on now, those those stories of resiliency. Perfect. And then, uh, yeah, so where can they find that that show? Because it's a, it's a full-fledged podcast, correct? Sticky Paws, man. It's, it's part <laughs> of the Sticky Paws brand, right? At Gridability on IG. We're yeah. also on YouTube. George, you want to plug us anywhere TikTok else? TikTok to Gridability, at Gridability. Uh, Adam two one three is free. 
Oh yes. yes, yes, that's that's yeah. My my personal journey, which is now interwoven into gridability, where it's really you know us uh, taking it to the next level. Well, Adam, thank you again so much for everybody watching. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, like I said in the beginning of the episode, we've we've taken off, and I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been so supportive of the channel, even the people who aren't supportive, because it just boosts the algorithm. Honestly, the amount of comments that are good to bad, the ratio is probably like ninety one percent bad. Which is hilarious. I mean, I, I use some of these bad comments just as entertainment. Just read them. <laughs> but uh, to everybody who's supportive, who's uh, sharing the content, because there's a lot of people out there sharing the content in the last episode. Uh, we, George and I, highlighted some of those people. Want to say thank you again. Uh, if you like this stuff, there's plenty more. We have full-fledged short film documentaries we do on this channel. You can find on our YouTube, which are slowly starting to come out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts that you can listen to and watch as well. We have a Discord server. It's down in the, in the show notes. You can join other like-minded people, talk about this kind of stuff, talk about the stories you just heard from Adam and be like, wow, that was in, insane. That reminds me, like me, that reminds me of my uncle who went to, went to county for six months. We have merch. Man, I just, I just keep rambling. We have merch. We have Discord. You can find us on all platforms. Bizarre Junkies. Until next time, everybody, stay safe. Stay safe.